Hello and welcome to Never Seen It. It's a podcast about movies that we haven't seen yet. I'm your host, Betsy, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Trent. Hey, hey. Today we are continuing our journey of weird, strange, whatever you want to call it kind of movies. Yeah. And the next one is from 2015. It is The Lobster. The Lobster? The Lobster. (laughs) As far as I know, not set in Boston. (laughs) I guess we'll find out. But we'll find out. So Trent, you and I have not seen this movie. Neither of us has watched this. No, and you have, you know more about this one than I do, which is why you're hosting this one. But you have (laughs) kind of told me what you've heard about it. Yeah, so what I know about this is the director is Yorgos Lanthimos. He's the same guy that did The Favorite. Oh, so so it's going to be weird. So you have seen The Favorite. <laughs> I like The Favorite. It was it's... not my favorite that year, but for the Oscar movies we were watching, it was near the bottom of my list, but I still really liked it, but it was weird. It's a strange movie. Yeah, it's, it's taking a concept and, and putting it on, on its ear. So to... To give you a sense of the tone of this movie, mm-hmm. that's another movie this director has done. So I suspect it's going to be in that same kind of vein. Mm-hmm. I do know that the star is Colin Farrell. And Rachel Weiss. And Rachel Weiss is the other one. So she's worked with this director a couple of times. Yep. I don't know anybody else off the top of my head who's in it, but mm-hmm. I suspect there's going to be more actors we recognize. Yeah. But the long and short of it is, this is at some kind of a resort or facility where people gather and they are there. Single people. Single people. Yeah. And they are there to get matched up and find love. Uh-huh. And if they do not find love, they will turn them into the animal of their choosing and he chooses a lobster. And this is all in the trailer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know whether or not he finds love, whether he is turned into a lobster or what happens. But that is the overarching story as I understand it. Yeah. And as far as like expanding on that, I have no idea what else happens here. I don't know if there's like... If this is a comedy or if it's like a dark comedy, is there going to be like people dying? Is this something that they are like voluntarily going to? Or... Yes. I think this is something people are knowingly entering into. Like they know about this place. Okay. They are signing up for this. They have come to the point in their life where they say, this is this is it. The weirdest I... dating service <laughs> ever. I have had it with being single. And if I cannot find love, then fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well be an animal that I like, maybe. I don't know. I don't so know like, why I don't know... a lobster. I don't know why, why any of them. are you turning into an animal, period? Like, I want to expand on this world yeah. and see what else is weird about it. Is it magical? Is it real? Is it hypnosis? Like, what and is it? what is the reaction of everybody like in the movie is it just like this blase thing that oh yeah gary he didn't find love and it's the end of his week so i guess he's a fish he's a fish now (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have no idea but uh we really don't have a whole lot else to talk about i would think with this one again it's all kind of concept here and i'm i'm really hoping that you know the movies that are like really high concept sometimes they can just hit it out of the park and they explore every single aspect of it. Then you have a movie, like a movie that we've talked about called In Time. The The concept there is once you hit the age of 25, 
your clock starts. Your, you stop aging. Not only your metaphorical clock, but a an implant in your arm basically counts down by a year. And your life from then on is trying to earn time. Yeah, it's your time finite. is time is currency. So you'll be you will stop aging at the age of 25. You're going to be this beautiful person uh, as evidenced by, you know, Justin Timberlake and Olivia Wilde and everybody else in that movie. But your like it, it is a dystopian future where all this is happening and there's like casts of people and it's it's a great concept but they don't stick the landing and i'm really hoping that this is one that does just because it's so weird yeah i I like the i've said this before i like the dystopian future kind of things i don't think that's going to be this movie no i do think this is going to have a lot of comedy to it yeah and we haven't talked a whole lot about colin farrell and his ability to do weird comedy yeah and we've we've talked about him in other contexts i think we've only covered one of his movies I think so. Yeah, The Recruit. The Recruit, yeah. Yeah. And we know that he's probably going to appear again in the future because he's getting oh, sure. a lot of buzz for something like The Banshees of Inishirin, which is coming yeah. out pretty soon here. He has been known to do weird movies. He has been known to do comedy. I fully expect him to deliver a great performance mm-hmm. just because I know he's capable Rachel Weisz will be interesting because I haven't seen her do a whole lot of this kind of a movie. Yeah. And I'm kind of expecting this to be, you know, it'll be a comedy, but it's more deadpan. Dark and deadpan. Dark and deadpan. And I like that stuff, but it's hard to pull off in a movie. (laughs) So we'll see. We're going to go find out right now. We're going to watch The Lobster and we will be right back. back trent that was the lobster what do you think betsy i don't think we could have chosen a better selection for this series (laughs) yes that was one of the weirdest movies i've ever seen but good weird it was very good this movie is at times laugh out loud hysterical with how dry it is it's very dry yeah but it also gets really dark and morbid. Yeah. And it also gets really sad. Yeah. The <laughs> end of it was like super sad. I was getting emotional there. But you're also left with a lot of open-ended questions. Yeah, From beginning a lot of to questions. end, there's a lot of stuff left for you to just as the viewer decide what you think happened here. Yeah. I think uh, we were mentioning it in the intro about you know, in a very high concept kind of a thing, you have to explain a lot of what's going on. But I understand you're not going to answer every question because the how the hell did this all start and how the hell do they actually do this stuff is not answered in the least bit. No. And when they give you more, they do answer a couple of things. But then as soon as you get one thing answered, they leave you with another question. Yeah. The farther down the road we get. Yeah. Like, there's more to this world mm-hmm. than just this place. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, I think we're going to have kind of a philosophical conversation here because I mm -hmm. think you and I both have a lot of questions about this movie. So I just want to start right at the beginning. So the opening scene of this movie mm -hmm. is a woman driving her car mm -hmm. in the rain and she pulls over into a field with a handgun and she shoots a donkey. Yeah, like every good movie starts with. <laughs> so knowing what we know by the end of this movie, this is clearly supposed to have been mm -hmm. somebody who has been turned into an animal. Yeah, we, in theory. We don't address this scene the entirety of the rest of the movie. Nope. What is your interpretation of that scene now that you've gotten to the end of this movie? Well, you can't kill a person, but you can kill a donkey, legally. You can, but why? I have a feeling that the person who got turned into a donkey was someone that this woman divorced. And by divorcing them, they have to go to this hotel. And if you cannot find a new mate in 45 days, you are turned into the animal of your choosing. And he chose a donkey. And he's hanging out with his donkey friends. And this woman has been scorned very severely by this donkey man. <laughs> Yeah, and they, she's going out there to murder him. They give you a little bit of the outside world where the suggestion basically is that you have to be partnered up legally. Yes. And you have to have documentation. Yep. And they don't explain the rules like of a certain age, of a certain sex, gender, no. none of that. They just say, they show a woman being like, patted down and they're mm -hmm. examining her fingernails and asking about her husband. Right. That the thing about the fingernails and the no mud on the on the feet, uh that thing was kind of weird like why would she need to have that thing? I think it's I, I, I it's know. it's all tied to the loners. Yes. That is the only thing oh, I can figure. Oh, okay. But this is obviously You've got the people at the resort, at the hotel, yeah. trying to find love. They have 45 days to do it. But then they can add time to their stay by tranquilizing the loners. Yeah. And the loners are people who presumably came from this hotel. But then when we hit the outside world, when we're in the city, mm -hmm. it kind of seems like that's not the only source for the loners. Yes. So if the loners make it back to the city, mm -hmm. they're going to be dirty and disorderly mm -hmm. because right. they've been out in the woods, which yeah. is why they're checking their fingernails. Yeah, now I get that. Yes. But again, they don't explain any of this. So why do you think in this world there's more places than just this hotel? Why is this so the way it is. <laughs> well, they even talk about it when they go to the eye physician. Yeah. They say, well, it's very dangerous for us to be here. For three women. For three women to be here as opposed to you with your partner. Yep. Because they don't really address a lot of, like, same-sex couples. They address it once. Right. But then you're stuck with that. It's pretty cut and dry. Like, at the beginning when he's checking into the hotel... They're like, do you prefer men or women? And he right. says women, but then I had, I had one, this one, incident, in one college. incident in college where I had a relationship with a man. And they say, we can't do bisexual. It's it's too right. because of incidences or right. something. Like right. they, again, don't really explain it. You got to so choose. It's a world in which you have to choose. And you can be one or the other. They don't care if you're if you're homosexual, yeah. but you cannot be both. Yeah. You have to pick. And you cannot be a loner. You have to be paired up. But yeah, they they don't. It makes me really want to know more about this world in which 
you have to be paired up. Right. And they address it a little bit by doing like the propaganda plays where the maid, there's a maid the and staff. a butler. Yeah, yeah, the staff. Where they're like acting out, hey, this is what happens when you're eating alone by yourself and you start choking, you're going to die. And this is what happens when you're a woman and walking outside by yourself, you're going to be raped. Yep. It's just going to happen. Yep. This is man eats alone. Yeah. Man eats with a woman. Yeah. Woman walks alone. Mm-hmm. Woman walks with a man. Uh-huh. Just, yeah, it's a lot of propaganda. It's a lot of punishment if yep. you are doing things alone. Like, being alone is bad. Yeah. They They are drilling into your brain that you should not be alone. You mm-hmm. should not be responsible for yourself. You need someone else to go through this life with you. Yeah, and there's one other aspect here that they don't really address that much. The concept of children. Because after you get paired up with someone, you get sent off to the the double room where you can have more than one person in the room. Uh, Then after two weeks there, you're sent off on a boat. And you are basically tested. The entire, both two-week periods, you're being tested as a couple. Because is this the real deal? You are thrown in into a situation where you are in a confined space with someone you are not compatible with. It's it's gonna be obvious. Yes, and if you are (laughs) if you are having problems that you cannot solve yourself, you will be assigned children. You will be assigned a child, which will usually fix the problem. (laughs) Right. So, like, where are these children coming from? Well, there's like two problems here because. They just have these children on hand. So we don't know where these children came from. They're not babies. They're like walking, talking, like 7 to 12 years old. These children exist at this facility. They don't talk about people being in love. They don't talk about them procreating. They talk about sex. You cannot masturbate. Uh, They are like grinding up on you to get you erect to see if you can do that i guess i guess you just leave you with the blue balls and that's it i i I don't understand is that a punishment no it's to make sure you can and that you are healthy i guess i guess but again they don't really elaborate then it makes me question the outside world so when they go to the city Mm -hmm. we've got leah sadu shows up yeah and they go visit her parents are those really her parents trent I have to imagine they but are. that's the thing. How did her parents meet? Did they meet in a similar circumstance and yeah. were they assigned a child? How long has this been going Do on? Do people procreate in this world? Yeah, are or they are allowed people just to... having babies by proxy somehow like as a byproduct of this experiment yeah, are and they just take like, them? Is there another facility where children are just farmed from yeah. people who just want to fuck all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of weird questions about coupling and children and they're very finite rules like you at this facility have to meet somebody in 45 days but you can get extra days on the hunt right and the hunt is by tranquilizing the loners you're going out into the woods Mm -hmm. finding these loners and if you find them and trank them they get taken back to the facility and turned into animals and then you get extra time is is that what happens yes Yes, well, they kind of say that, but they kind of don't say it. They say they are turned into the least desirable animal, but they don't say what that animal is. Some of them do. So, like, the like 
when Colin Farrell gets found out that he's not actually compatible with the first person he's that he pairs it. with, he's faking it. She's going to go turn him in. And then they say, oh, yeah, they're going to turn him into the least desirable animal. But I don't think they actually address what they do to the loners after they're captured and brought in. My assumption is it's the same thing. But again, they don't say what that is no. or how it is, and we never see it happen. They never explain the process of them turning into animals. The most we see is a small room with a door marked transformation room. Right. And that's it. And that's all you get. That's it. So yeah, they, they can add time to their stay by hunting these loners. But most people either get paired up or turned into an animal. Yeah. Like, there's one woman who has 192 confirmed... Like, <laughs> captures. Captures. And she is the the women's champion. Yeah. And she's awful and heartless. And they find out she's later that, you know, she's just kind of a monster. Yeah, and we'll get into her. Uh, but yeah, there's just a lot to unpack here. Um, I've sort of forgotten this thread as to how I got here. Because, again, yeah. this movie is really weird. It's weird. But they have all these rules, so those are some of the fundamental things. And then they are paired up on your defining characteristics. So, like, right. the first day or the second day he's there. Your orientation yep, ceremony. They are standing up. They have a little panel where all the new people get up there, mm -hmm. and they tell their story, and they talk about their defining characteristic. So, Ben Wishaw gets up there, and he talks about how his dad and his mom got divorced or something. Yeah. She went to this facility. Didn't she, make it. She didn't make it, was turned into a wolf. He would visit the wolves at the zoo and feed them meat, but didn't know which one was her. And then one day <laughs> he wanted a hug, so he went into the wolf enclosure and was attacked. Yep. And he almost lost his leg, but he didn't, so now he has a limp, which is his defining characteristic. Right. And also, he had a wife, and she had a limp, but she died. Right. And I'm telling you, that was the funniest fucking yeah. speech because he's so dry while he is telling this insane story. And then they applaud at the end. Yay! Yeah, this... Guys, listeners, seriously, <laughs> this is like the funniest fucking scene in the movie. Yeah. Because he's so deadpan yeah. telling this story and everybody just goes... Yes, that sounds normal. <laughs> so yeah, his defining characteristic with his wife was they both have limps. Yeah. When he meets up with a girl, he is determined. He says, I am not going to be turned into an animal. Yeah. I am going to leave here with one of my partners. That's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't know who it's going to be. And he fakes it. There's a girl there who gets nosebleeds. So he beats his head against the side of a pool to force a nosebleed. Mm -hmm. And they are matched up because they get nosebleeds. You know, a classic boy meets girl story. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when it's not working because they're not really compatible, they're yeah. assigned a child. Yeah. Then you've got Colin Farrell. The first time we see him... We don't see the woman on the screen. There's mm -hmm. just a voice, mm -hmm. and she's leaving him. So he says something about his, I think it's his wife. Yes. So he's paired up with a woman, and they are both challenged visually. We don't know exactly, but his whole thing is, you know, she says, I'm sorry, I'm leaving you, kind of a speech. Yeah. And his question is, does he wear glasses? So his whole thing is, is... Is he nearsighted? Is he mm -hmm. short-sighted? Yeah, they call it short-sighted. They call it short-sighted. And she says, yes, he wears glasses. Yeah. And that's like the whole introduction to his character is right. at the beginning, his concern is, 
what's the compatibility factor? And right. it's that they're short-sighted. And that comes into play later. Sure. But when he is trying to get out of this situation, he's got a couple of days left. He's got like a week left. He decides he's going to go after the heartless woman yeah. and just act heartless. So like she is trying to enjoy the patio and like some woman <laughs> has flung herself the from- The biscuit lady. The biscuit lady has said, I'm going to throw myself out a window and kill myself if uh -huh. I don't find somebody. Yeah. And she does it, but of course she doesn't die. So she's mangled and bleeding and wailing Screaming. on the ground. Like, <laughs> honestly, no, that to me was the funniest thing. That was all. It's not that in and of itself. It's the reaction to it. All of it. It's the whole thing. Yeah. This scene is actually in the trailer. He goes up to yes. the woman and he's like, what happened? Oh, she flung herself from the building. And he's like, well, I was going to go have a lie down and I really can't do that I if really there's someone can't be wailing bothered. and dying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope she dies soon. Yeah, oh, I, wait. I actually want him, want her to suffer. I want her to die slowly and suffer. Right. And this is his way of, like, flirting with this awful woman. Right. And when he finally makes a move, she's in the hot tub and pretends to choke on an olive from her martini. Uh -huh. And when he does nothing, she says, I think we are a match. <laughs> right. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like the the mind that that it takes to come up with this stuff is fucking twisted. And yeah, it's all of this entire movie is presented in a way that is made to fuck with your mind. The, down to the music. The music is altogether disturbing. But it's engaging at the same time. I don't really know how else to describe it's it. It's uncomfortable string dissonance. Yes. And uh, we watched, we mentioned it in the intro, we watched The Favorite, made by the same director. Very similar feels to a lot of the, to, to both of these movies. And the natural light element. You were looking yes. it up. This is yes. all like natural light all, and no makeup. No makeup on any of these actors whatsoever. And I think it works because it goes with the fact that at this facility, you are given two. If you're a man, you get get like two blue shirts, two white shirts. Uh, it's the same pants. You choose one pair of shoes. You don't get to keep any of your personal effects. And all of the women wear the same dress, the exact same dress to every function that there is. You cannot be unique in any there's, way. Except there's no for, half sizes. Yeah, there's no half sizes. What's your what size shoe? I need a ten and a half. Ten and a half. You can have ten or eleven. Yeah. Pick. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you, the only thing unique about you is all within or like the, your natural, your look. defining characteristic, your natural look, whatever yeah. it happens to it's, be. It's a uniform like other, yeah. you know, schools that make you wear a uniform. The thing that makes you stand out is your personality. Sure. You cannot stand out through your fashion. You cannot stand out through anything else. Mm -hmm. It is whatever your defining characteristic is. And of course, for two thirds of this movie, well, I guess not that long. The first hour of the movie, we are in this hotel. Yeah. Before he fucks off to the woods. <laughs> but Colin Farrell has no defining characteristic. No, he wears glasses. He, he is wears the glasses. the only one who is there with glasses that I could see. That is absolutely his defining characteristic. He is not funny. He is not charming. He doesn't know how to talk to women. He doesn't even really connect with his friends. But that's the thing. Nobody has anything defining about their personality in this movie. Everybody is very dull. And I fully believe here that this has been going on for so long. This entire dance... I won't talk about the dances, uh, but this Practice, society, this society, society yeah. has been going on for so long 
that people have like bred themselves out of having personalities. Yes, yeah, there's no smiling, no cheer, no nothing. Like no, they have. You said you brought up the dance. The hotel manager is Olivia Coleman. Yep, and it's her and her husband singing a song. <laughs> Terribly. And he's doing this like big operatic voice and she's yeah. singing in this really quiet little way. Right. And there's, it's weird. It's so strange. It's just like, Scarlet for you and Scarlet for me. <laughs> like, and he's what? like, <laughs> Yeah. So it's bizarre. And all these people are trying to dance and they're just having these really matter of fact conversations. Like the girl with the nosebleed bleeds on Colin Farrell's shirt mm-hmm. and says, there's a lot of ways to get blood out of shirts. Mm-hmm. One is this, and two is this, and three is this. Yeah. And you could find things that you maybe find attractive about them, but it has to be a genuine match. Yeah. And yeah, there's just nobody else there. And the only people who do get matched up are the people who are faking it. It would seem so. They And they keep them separated. Once you become a couple, you go to a different part of the hotel. Yep. You don't interact with everybody else. But you are continually watched by the staff. Yes. And you, presumably, you're interviewed by the hotel manager. All of the different, uh, the, the, the maids and whoever else is watching you and testing you. Yep. Just to make sure that you're still in love. You're still in love, right? <laughs> well, they don't even call it love. Well, they just yeah. say, we wish you the best of luck. Right. As a couple. Yeah. And, and maybe, and, I don't know if they're trying to make a statement about, like, marriages in general here. Uh, like, after well, after a little bit of time, maybe things go go a little bit soft or a little bit, little bit cold. And you're just going to get by it. Oh, here's a kid. That's, that'll make things better. Well, and it's interesting because you, it's like one and done. If you get matched, yeah. that's it. If you fail as this match yep. while you're at this hotel... They will turn you into the animal. That, and, and right there, the clock starts. Yeah. 45 days at this place. And you have no choice here. They come and got Colin Farrell. They put him on the fucking bus and you're there. It's like someone calls you in and commits you to an institution. I guess I was trying to figure that out too. Like, did he go there willingly or did he have to go there? Oh no, he had to go there. Because again, they don't really say it outright. No, they don't. If anything, I would want to watch the the very beginning of this movie again, besides the donkey scene. I want to watch <laughs> that scene of of him and the the voiceover kind of explaining his his uh, his introduction again. Yeah. So there's a lot of other rules. Like there's also punishments, and yeah. this goes for both sides. So there's yep. the first. You know, there's like the three acts in this movie, and the first act is at the hotel. And if you are caught masturbating, like John C. Riley's in this movie. Yeah, who knew? John C. Riley is caught masturbating, and they put his hand in a toaster. Yep. And they burn his hand. Yep. And for some reason, he has a lisp, which, again, is a defining characteristic of you as a person. That's his character. That's his character. He's a man with a lisp. Yep. That's it. A man with a lisp and a man with a limp. Yep. Those are his friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah, it's just very... Very strange. And you stay in the hotel in a single room. Yep. You get paired up. When you get paired up, you get put in a bigger room. Then you spend two weeks on one of the yachts. And then you are let back into the city to live your life. Yeah. My assumption is society as a whole is now watching you because they now see that you are paired up. Yeah. Because the act two of this movie, Mm -hmm. he basically... 
has faked his way into a relationship with this woman. She is unfeeling, so he starts acting unfeeling. Mm -hmm. They get paired up and they run into Ben Wishaw and they have a child and he kicks the child. What better way to show that you are an uncaring asshole than kicking a little girl in the shin? Yeah, go give him a hug, Elizabeth. And he says, I don't last, want a little, I don't want a hug from I a want. little girl. Yeah, the last thing I want is a hug from a little girl. And he <laughs> kicks her and he says, now you've got a limp like your dad. You should be grateful. <laughs> And of course, that's completely shocking because you don't know what what's going on here. You just expect them to be, you know, a, a, a fake couple. And as like her arms are like straight down by her sides, he is like still halfway trying to make it work as a normal couple. He's like, linking arms with her. He's trying to link arms with her and she's having none of it. And there's, uh, we haven't talked about this, but he has a dog with him. So at the beginning of the yeah. movie, he has a dog and he says, well, this is my brother. He was here a few years ago. Maybe you remember him. Yeah. He didn't make it. He's turned into a dog. Will one day his partner, this woman who is unfeeling, yeah. wakes him up and says, I was kicking your dog. I killed I ki your oh, brother. Yeah. I killed your brother. I kicked him for a long time. He was making these weird noises. Yeah, and she was like Im imitating the whimpering of a dying dog. And you think... Testing him yeah, you to try to see if he's going to react to you murdering his fucking brother. But you think it's fake. You think she's just testing him. Oh, no. But, but then the camera pans down and there's blood all over her leg. And they go to the bathroom and this dog has been killed. This yeah. dog is very dead. Yeah. And then he says, okay, yeah, you can make me breakfast or whatever, but first I need to go in this in the bathroom and brush my teeth. And wash my face. Where presumably he's going to break down crying and he doesn't realize that the dog is still in there. And, and the bathroom's covered in blood. Yes. And he goes to like, I think he's trying to turn the faucet on to mask his crying. Yep. And it does not turn on for whatever reason. Or he just doesn't manage it. Right. right. And she immediately bust in on him. It's like, you're crying, you're crying. Slap. There's a lot of slapping in this there movie. There is. There's a lot of slapping. Yeah. And from there, yes, yeah, she grabs him and is like leading him to the authorities saying, this guy is not compatible with me because he is a caring person. He lied. Whatever. He yeah. faked it. Yeah. He's, he's a phony. Yeah. Turn him into an undesirable animal. Yeah. But he gets help from one of the hotel staff. And we don't know why at this moment this right. maid helps right. him. But she says, you have to trank me too. Yeah. Or they're going to know I helped you. Sure. And he takes the woman into the transformation room. And the whole time we've been getting this voiceover from Rachel Weiss, but she has not been on the screen. So she is describing him and what is going on in his mind and what he right. finds out in his experiences here. And she says, I once asked him what he turned her into. And he told me that is none of your concern. Yeah. So we don't even know what he did to her. Nope. Also, how would he know what to do with her? Is there a machine? A process? We don't know. You type it into the machine saying fox and you turn into a fox. But there's also this like way at the in act one, Ben Wishaw is like recounting what he's heard about what happens when they transform you. Yeah, my cousin you. was a waiter or something. Sure. And they like, the way he describes it is they wash you very, very well. They, and the, and in order to get your skin soft enough so that they can peel your skin off. And then remove some of your organs. Yeah. And then they all donate the all your stuff. blood to the hospital. Yeah. But I don't know if this is like a, 
get out think, situation where they like just put your brain into the brain no, of something I, I else. Don't, <laughs> I don't think it's true. I don't think it's true. This is just something that they they tell people. Right. It's the rumor mill because yeah. that's what you're going to do. Yeah. And of course, everybody here has the animal they want to be turned into. And Olivia Coleman says most people just pick the first thing, which is a dog. Yeah. Because it's the first thing they think of. But Colin Farrell's like, no, I want to be a lobster because they live for over 100 years. They're always fertile and all of these reasons. And I like the ocean. Right. <laughs> but, like, we get a, one scene while at the hotel of a girl who doesn't make it. It's the nosebleed girl's friend with the good yeah. hair. Right. Again, that's her defining characteristic is her good hair. And she is turned into a pony with good hair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, are we to actually assume here that what they're saying is correct and they are actually being turned into animals. We don't, we never see it happen. We don't see dude walk in as a dude and walk out as a horse. We don't see it happen. Right. Or do they just have a stable of animals uh, of, of one of every animal that they replace you <laughs> that with. they replace you with and they just fucking kill you and harvest your organs. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I think you're you're entirely right. It could be that they're just selling your organs and using your body for other useful purposes. Sure. And saying, yep, no, this this cat, this is you. This Mm -hmm. is you now. Yep. Be free, cat. Also, you only tell like a couple of people what you want to be. Yeah. Unless you make a lot of conversation with the other guests. Right. And then presumably they just let you loose on the grounds because the rest of the movie, we're in the forest and we just see peacocks and camels Mm -hmm. and many dogs, just a flamingo, just running about the woods. (laughs) Because that's where they belong. And the pony, we see the fucking pony. The pony pony shows up again, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's all kind of the act one stuff. So we've kind of got the basic rules. The act two stuff is the loners. So he goes out into the woods. He doesn't know where he's going. He just decides he's got to get out of this hotel. He runs away. He finds Leah Sadu and the rest of the gang out in the woods. Mm Mm-hmm. And they have their own rules. Like, you can't yeah. flirt with the other loners. Once you're yeah. alone, you're alone. Yeah. You cannot pair up. You cannot kiss. You cannot have sex. You cannot And there are severe flirt. consequences if you do. Yes. So they show a guy who's got the red lips yeah. where they cut off the lips of the two people who were flirting. Right. All they did was flirt and they cut their lips off. Ugh. So this is a really serious, stringent group. They have to dig their own grave. Right. They say, if you get caught or you get, you know, like a guy gets his leg caught in a bear trap, they're like, right. we're not going to fucking help you. You're alone. Right. You're try, alone. Try harder. Yeah. Try harder. Either try to get that off of there. Take care of yourself. Catch up with us later or go and find your grave and bury yourself. Yep. You cover your face. We, you don't we, want dogs to eat your face. Right. <laughs> we might like throw some dirt on you afterwards, but yeah, you're done. That's the most you're going to get. And again, it goes back to the stuff at the hotel. Like this is what happens when you are alone. This is what happens when you're with somebody. Sure. Out in the woods though, it's more severe. This is what happens. You're alone. We are not going to help you. Mm-hmm. We're not going to hunt for you. Yep. We are not going to dig your grave. We're not going to bury you if you die. So you'd best find your own hole. <laughs> and we have electronic music dance parties, but you cannot dance with other people. Yep. Dance alone. <laughs> you'd have like silent dance parties by yourself. 
So when we get a full hour, it is one hour almost to the minute into yeah. the movie, we yeah. finally meet Rachel Weiss's character. Who has been narrating the entire movie like it's a book. Mm-hmm. But we find out later she's been keeping a diary. A journal of some sort. Yeah, after she meets... Colin Farrell's character. We never get his name, do we? Uh, it's David. David. Okay. They say it a couple of times. I guess. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Only, apparently, there's only two other people with names, and that's the John C. Riley and Ben Wishaw characters. Yeah, everybody Nobody else Nobody else has a name. The hotel manager, yep. the maid, yep. biscuit lady. There's oh, blood yeah. and biscuits and Tom, everywhere. And Tom the dog. Tom the dog. Tom the dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we finally find her, and again, her... Per, uh, her uh, trait that is the most distinguished is the fact that she is also nearsighted, but she wears contacts. Yep. And the two of them meet up and end up falling in love. Yes. And they have to keep it a secret because obviously there's consequences. Sure. To and then, what happens if that if they fall in love? Yeah. And like the group goes into the city, so they pair up. It's it's her, uh, him and Rachel. Yeah. Before and Leah, they fall in love, I and suppose. Leah Sadu and some old guy pair up, go into the city. To meet her parents and just have a sit, and they're getting I don't supplies. Yeah, this is this is the first look at the outside world. Yeah, we get. they go to the mall. Yep, they go and to the mall, and they're at like a store, like a not even a heart. It's like a dollar store. It's a dollar store, but it, they also have like the weirdest shit there. Yes, because he has like well, a fucking you hacksaw. Ever, you ever been to a dollar store? Not with a hacksaw. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, honestly, that kind of looked like a toy hacksaw. It looked real enough to me. I, I don't know, but you're right. It's a bunch of weird stuff in that store. But anyway, they're going to get supplies. Acting like couples. Acting like couples, exactly. And there's a time there where there's a cop. Uh, we, we mentioned it before. She, uh, the cop stops one of these ladies asking, okay, where's your husband or where's your partner? He's away on business. Okay, well, we need to check it out. And he's talking with headquarters over a radio and... This is what she's saying. We're checking under her fingernails. We're checking her her shoes to make sure that she didn't just come out of the woods. And she's they, not a and, loner in and, disguise. And they clear her. Then they go up to Colin Farrell's character because he's by himself. Yep, he's standing there alone with standing some bags there. in his hands. Yeah, and he says, "Oh no, my partner is in a store shopping." She, she has our certificates. I yes. always lose them. I seem to have always been losing it, so she keeps it in her purse, and. I just, there's so many moments like this where he is just completely, completely robotic. He's delivering these lines. He's delivering these lines in the most robotic way possible. And it's just the best. And I think that it goes back to my theory about this has been going on for so long that you just can't have any emotion in how you are speaking. It's warmth and feeling and actual emotion. Yeah. I think the only moment in this movie... Well, one of the few moments is when they first start connecting, like when they yeah. have their first kiss. Yes. They both have a CD player with headphones. Yep. Yes, they have a compact disc player. <laughs> and he says, no, it's really important that we sync up. Like, they can't share headphones. Yeah. We're going to both hit play at the same time. And they're dancing with their foreheads together. Mm-hmm. And then they kiss and embrace. Mm-hmm. That is about the closest thing you get up to this point to feeling yeah, up, up to that point because to, everything else is all fake yeah and then they invent this entire language yeah. of like signals turning their head and batting their knee and touching their ear right to signal to each other 
what they mean. Like, I love you and we're in danger yeah. and I want to fuck. <laughs> well, it's, it's like share, sharing notes in school or like having your, it's a love language, that kind of a thing. So they, they can participate in the loners program, but at the same time they can have this secret language, uh, this thing that they share. And it's so weird. This is, this is the part that it, it's so stringent. You can either be paired up at this facility mm-hmm. under these rules. And be forced and, into doing this. Or you can be a loner and that's it. Yeah. But you cannot switch from one to the other. Once you've joined the loners, you're a loner forever. Yeah. Once you've been paired, you're paired forever. Yeah. So they met up as loners and they can't be together. Right, because it's against the rules. Because even uh, because what what we think was going to happen that with their plan was that they were going to escape to the city and live in the city as a couple because that's where couples are. But you have to have a certificate, and the certificate comes from the hotel. I suppose, or, or other, the authorities. The authorities they or they're like a. What do you call it? They're <laughs> they're like ordained ministers. Like they are people sure. that have the proper credentials to get sure. you the paperwork you need. Right. Is there like an underground certificate of uh, of counterfeiter out there Probably. that they could get to? <laughs> Probably. So they they would get away with it, except that she leaves her journal somewhere yeah. and the leader finds it uh-huh. and takes her to the city and blinds her. Because yeah. once she's blind, they now do not have a match between mm-hmm. the two of them. Yeah. And, you know, he still wants to make it work. Like, for, for a couple of different moments there, he's really, really trying. After she reveals that, yes, I am blind, um, and they play this game where they, they, uh, he hands her things. She calls it Touch, Guess, Think, Win. <laughs> uh, where they're trying to stay on this same level as they were as a romantic couple, but it's never going to be the same. Well, and he's trying to find something else they have in common. Like he asks her, do you like berries? Do you like this? Yeah. Do you speak German? Yeah. I could, I could uh, teach you German, but wait, that's the most complicated language. It'll take a year and that would be pointless. (laughs) So yeah, he's just trying to find some reason for the two of them to be together. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it just, it gets really intense. Like, they, they don't kill her. They don't kill him. They don't even... Like, she doesn't even threaten him. Yeah. Uh, Leah Sadu doesn't threaten him. No. She just says, I found a place for you to dig your grave. And after you die, I'll come visit you as often as I can. Mm-hmm. So, like, she knows... I don't know. It's it's weird well, how they know even, this. There's even the incident after she gets blinded. They're back in the woods and somehow Rachel Weiss gets a knife and stabs the, the maid lady. Who has joined up with the loners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She she fucks off from the hotel and joins the loners. And for some reason, she goes into the, the, the doctor with them. I don't know why she does that. I think it's just because they need... If you're going to take somebody to blind them and they don't know it and you don't want them to know it, you're uh-huh. going to need reinforcements. <laughs> but yeah, there's this also... Like after she gets stabbed, the other woman, the, the Leah Sadu character, lays down next to the person who got stabbed, trying to imitate the fact that she was the one who got yeah, stabbed. Yeah, she doubles over. Yeah. She grunts. She falls down. I didn't understand that. Why wouldn't she think that there's another person there? She also was very willing to throw that woman in front of her to protect herself. Oh, yeah. She's awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh 
there's a couple of different moments like that that didn't, that didn't really make sense to me, but I understand why the character did it, I guess. Why she, yeah, she threw the other woman in front of the knife and laid down next to her as if she was the one who got stabbed. Right. But then she, she stands up anyway and, well, and she I, still has the knife. And I suppose going back a second, so they went back to the city a second time after they're supposed to be pretending to be a couple, Colin yes. Farrell and Rachel Weisz. They're at her parents and they're playing guitar and they're just making out on the couch oh, yeah, in they're front of her parents. full on making out. And... So I guess she could probably figure out something was going on between right. them. Right. Because <laughs> this... the first time they, he did this whole robotic thing about, yes, I I love her forever. And I, I do could... not have enough time for my wife and our four children. Our four children. And reaches like awkwardly towards her. Right. Oh, man. Just his performance in this movie, I cannot say enough about. Just it's because great. I, he's so, he's normally so uh, charismatic and everything else that he's in. For him to just look like this schlubby guy who wears glasses and wears a mustache. Doesn't and know how to talk to women. Doesn't know how to he talk to anybody. nothing interesting about him. No, he doesn't even really like his friends. No, they're awful too. Everyone is awful. They're all awful until yeah. these two meet each other. Yeah. And they're clearly paired up. Yeah. But they can't be together because they have committed to this life of being a loner. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they decide to run away. And when he reveals the plan, he says, I've got an idea. She's yeah. now blind. I know how we can be together. His way of telling her is he describes what their secret language is. He says, I'm lifting my leg. Yeah. I'm tapping my elbow twice on my knee. Mm-hmm. I'm touching my ear. And she goes, you'd be willing to do that? <laughs> right. And I, I think from here, I knew what was going to happen. Or at least that's the, I, I knew the implication you, you that they were making. You thought you could figure out where this was going. Yes. So, Meanwhile, I watched this entire fucking movie like, I don't know what this is or yeah. where it's going or how it's going to end. <laughs> so my thought was, it was exactly what they were leading it up to. So they get out to the city, they go to this restaurant and sit down. And he's asking her to show him her body, parts of her body. Yep, her elbows, show her hands. Show me your elbow, your hands, your fingers. Show me in profile, smile. Exactly. Because he's trying to make a mental imprint of what she looks like. Because, Betsy, then he asks the waiter for a knife and a fork. But not a butter knife, a steak knife. Yep. What do you do with a knife and a fork, Betsy? Well, Trent, they need to have something that bonds them together as their defining characteristics. So what yeah. better way than making himself blind? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I the, call that. I called uh, that. And oh, Betsy, it gets so... I'm, Betsy, I'm just like, ah. Uh, I don't do well with eye stuff. Eye stuff and there was is a, not. There was a scene before where he's checking out the old dude who he thought had contacts. I had to look away. I can't even deal with that shit. Yeah. And nothing's happening. No, it's nothing just, happened. Something about eyeballs freaks you out. I can't do eye stuff. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he proceeds to go into the bathroom. Ah. And he's got the knife up to his eye. And we don't see what happens because we cut back to yes, we cut her back at the to table. her sitting at the table. We can see out uh, outside. There's a big window there. We can see cars going by, people walking by, and you know the waiter comes by and fills up her glass and she says thank you, and then black cut to black. cut to black. We're I done. thought two, one of two things was going to happen here, other than cut to black. If anything else happened, mm-hmm. either he was going to come out. Or we were going to see him walking away in the background. I thought we were going to see him walking away. 
And if we go back, we should maybe double check that he's not. I feel like it would. It I would looked be... very closely. Okay. I did not see it. So. So it's left open ended. This is the thing where it is completely open. You could say he went through with it and he's about to come out mm-hmm. and they're going to live happily ever after blind. You could say he fucks up and he kills him damn self in the bathroom yep. and doesn't come out at all. You could say he went out a back door and escaped and left her there alone. You could also say that they ultimately get caught. Like yep. we don't, they don't have the paperwork. If they get questioned, mm-hmm. they don't have the way to he back could check up. An, he could check it out and come back and say, okay, we need to figure this out some other way. Yep. You're, you're going to live a lie as a blind woman, uh, but faking that you can see. I don't know. Yeah. So it's just very, very open-ended. And like when he left, he knocked Leah Sadu out and put her in, in her grave or his grave. I'm not really sure. Right. And she's being sniffed at by dogs. Right. <laughs> but she's not dead. He didn't bury her alive. Yeah. He just tied her up and left her there. Yeah. So there is just so much that is left. Like there's a scene where he got on the boat and confronted his friend with the nosebleeds and said, he's lying to you. Right. That blood on his shirt is like jelly or whatever. Or cherry juice or something. He, he hits himself and for some sometimes he uses a pen knife to cut himself. And yeah. And then the little girl is like telling her mom, or, or quote unquote mom, here's a knife, mom. Kill the guy. <laughs> what the fuck? And at the same time this is happening, they've kind of split up the loners to different rooms. Yeah. The different this, couples. There's this scheme to infiltrate the hotel. And basically just plant seeds of doubt. That seems to be all they're doing there because right. they go to the manager's room. Yeah. And tie up Olivia Coleman. Yep. And they start asking her husband a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Who can live alone? Which right. of you can live alone? And right. he says, me, I can do it. I can be by myself. She can't. Yeah. I like being in the room by myself when she's off running the hotel. Yeah. And they give him a gun and say, okay, shoot her. Do it. Mm-hmm. If you can live alone. Yep. And he does it, but there's no bullets in the gun. Right. And there it's planting the seed in their minds that maybe they're not actually compatible. So it's this whole philosophy of everybody should be a loner because love doesn't exist and couples don't exist and none of this is real. Also, he said 14 and not 15 yeah, on that on scale. Yeah, on a scale of one to, uh, up also, to 15. Who, who asks that question? What scale goes to 15? I don't know. <laughs> but he says 14 and not 15. Well, he also he was asked, how much do you love her? I love her more than anything in the world. On a scale right. of one to 15, right. he stopped at 14. Right. And then he shot her, except he didn't. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, we get this scene where those two things happen. We don't see any of the other couples because they're not relevant or important. Yep. We don't see anybody else turned into an animal. All we see is a bunch of animals running around in Mm -hmm. the woods. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is a weird movie and absolutely qualifies for the series we are doing. One (laughs) hundred percent. But it is utterly bizarre it makes you ask a lot of philosophical questions about mm-hmm. the world at large yeah. this place these people and what's happening here also this is one town one town yeah one place one yeah. hotel yeah i, I well, and don't then, know like, it makes me question like okay at the beginning of the movie he's with a woman and she leaves him yeah how does that work how does she get to not go to the hotel how is it that she can pair up Unless exclusively she, with somebody else. Well, I was going to say, unless she left him for someone else. 
that seems to be the case, but how did they meet? How did they pair up? Right. Why is that okay? And why is that other person... Why wasn't that other person that she hooked up with already in the hotel? Like, there's so many different things. Why is it okay for that to happen? And not this. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a very interesting movie. <laughs> yeah. But it's just so much to unpack. Like, this is definitely one I'm going to revisit. Yeah. I, I'm very impressed by this. I will absolutely watch it's this movie It's also just so dark and funny. I like, love I it. love a good dark comedy. Yeah. And this absolutely qualifies, but it also gets really sad because like you said, at the end of the movie, she's blinded and tells him this. Yeah. And all of a sudden she says, we can't be together anymore. We can't do that anymore. I said to Betsy, man, suddenly I'm very sad after this because she's blinded. She's sitting by herself and he doesn't know what to do. Like he, on a couple of occasions, he just leaves her there and now she's not he, he they're not supposed to be spending that much time together and by like this second session of the game that they were playing he's starting to lie to her he gave her a tennis ball she thinks it's a kiwi and she's and he says it's correct yep 10 out of 10 again right you did it <laughs> yeah and that oh that just sucks <laughs> yeah this is an interesting choice, and I'm glad we did this one. Yeah. Uh, but we kind of covered a lot of different things. Is there anything else from this movie that you wanted to specifically talk about? Well, first of all, I wanted to ask you a question. Sure. So we covered all those scenarios for the end of the movie. What do you think happened? <sighs> oh, I don't know. I feel like he probably... Considering his personality, yep. what you've seen about him, how he's kind of inept... He's not really good in anything. No. Um, do you trust him to actually, number one, follow through with it? Number two, to actually do it correctly? And number three, to come back out with her? I think he's capable of making the commitment to go blind. I don't think you could stab yourself in the eyeball. <laughs> yeah, because he was having a hard time just with what we saw. Yeah, the little bit we saw, he was hesitating and yeah. he wasn't just doing the deed. Yeah. And there's many other ways you can blind yourself that don't involve stabbing your own eyeball. Yeah, you said, really why, don't he, why doesn't he go and find some acid, acid yeah, somewhere? Yeah, blind yourself with chemicals. Like, yeah. do that instead. Like, yeah. there's so many... You can hit, you know... Hit a pool too hard and, sure. you know, have chlorine in your eyes. You know, Detach there's, retinas. There's it so many other things you could have done to blind yourself. I think if he is willing to go so far after she commits to telling him that she's blind. Yeah. And he's still trying to get her to kiss him. Like yep. he says, I want to kiss you. And she says, no, that part of our, our lives is behind us. We can't yeah. do that anymore. You know that. Mm-hmm. And he still commits to seeing her and getting her out of there Mm -hmm. and keeping her safe. And he goes this far. I think he's willing to go the final push. I don't know if he does it here, though. Maybe eventually. Maybe eventually. But they're still kind of on the run and wanted, you know, not felons, but I don't know what else you call it yeah <laughs> fugitives i, mean, I you guess you could call them undocumented couples yeah that's exactly what it would be because they don't have the proper paperwork yep and really they have no place to go no they have nowhere to go they have nothing to do they don't yep. talk about jobs like he says he's an architect right what does that mean <laughs> yeah and like i'm sure the job would have been told what happened to him 
He's not going to just go back. Yeah, that's another question. Like, you just... (laughs) You just drop your life and become right. an animal. Right. How I'm does that work in society? But now you can't. Oh, we have an opening. There's a job opening. <laughs> HR, please post this because our our head architect was turned into a lobster. Man, HR must be a bitch. <laughs> All right. As far as other stuff that I wanted to talk about, they're very minor things. I wanted to talk about the consultation that you have on your last day at the hotel. The one, the, the one scene we saw was with the, the woman with the, the, the good blonde hair. And she's sitting there with her best friend. Olivia Coleman is the, the hotel manager. And she says, you know, what do you want to do on your last day? And, right, and the, the scene right before that was Colin Farrell and her having a, having a conversation. And he says, yeah, you have really good hair, like complimenting her. And she does the thing where she just gets up and like plays with her hair and makes it all weird and shows shows she's off showing her hair. off her hair because that's the only thing about her that is unique, I guess. Yep. And she's been there the full almost forty five days or more if she's been able to shoot any of the uh, loners. And he asks her in that scene, well, "Well, what do you want to do on your last day?" Because apparently people know when it's about when you're about up. Well, they announce it every day you wake up. Your alarm right. goes off and it says. Hello, room 101. Right. 44 days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you're on fucking death row or something. Mm-hmm. Jeez. But. You kind of are. You kind of are. Way. You kind of are. But they get to the scene with Olivia Coleman in the office and she asks her, okay, what do you want to do on your last day? It's like getting your, your, like your final meal on death row. So. Yep. And she says, you can do anything, but don't, re- you shouldn't waste your final request on something that you can also do as an animal. Like she says, oh yeah, you can have sex with, with someone. Pick a human activity. Pick a human activity that you wouldn't be able to enjoy as an animal. And she makes the suggestion, you know, read a, a classic novel of literature or sing a song, like things you can't do as an animal. And before she chooses, her best friend sitting there, the nosebleed girl, reads her a letter like, I don't even know how to describe this thing. This is like a very hollow maid of honor speech (laughs) yeah becky i met you in the seventh grade and you were really fun and then we got to be friends remember the time (laughs) that we were we got caught doing the thing and the thing that's exactly what it was and she's just like i will never i will never forget all of the friendship i will find more friends later on but i will always cherish the 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 time that i spent i will never forget you yeah and we are friends forever and then that's like our fourth slap of the movie right yeah her friend slaps her because she's just like you're a heinous bitch you fucking suck i'm about to go die and she just responds immediately i would like to watch the movie stand by me starring these people by myself right (laughs) okay that's what you get (laughs) an excellent choice (laughs) (laughs) hey you can't enjoy that as an animal so hey it works I mean, can't you? You've never been an animal. How do you know animals don't like I've also never like seen cinema? Stand By Me. Oh, well, maybe one day, Trent. Maybe. <laughs> maybe one day. Anyway, but the last thing was when they were in the mall and they were going to these different shops, there's one little scene of them circled around a box. And what's in that box, Betsy? They have cake. Cake. Why it's are they a, it's eating a, treat. a cake? It's a treat. They live in the fucking woods. I guess. And they're just eating it with a spoon. Yeah. But think about it. There is hardly any joy in this entire movie, beginning to end. The only, like, happy moments you have is when Colin and Rachel are on the couch and when they're making out. 
where that's a point where they're supposed to be faking, but in reality, this is real. For them, it's real. For them, it's real. But yeah, there's hardly any joy on the faces of anybody in the movie. You're eating some fucking cake out of a box. You're happy. I had cake last night. It was delicious. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I had. Did you have anything else? The only other thing I wrote down that I wanted to bring up was just his way of exiting conversations that he doesn't want to be a part of. So like he's on the bus with the biscuit lady and she says something about, I'd like to go for a walk with you and your dog. And he says, well, the dog's not allowed out of the room. And then he ends the conversation. And then we get the, the voiceover with Rachel and she says, He was just thinking to himself, what a good response that was. (laughs) And later on, he wants to go examine the man. He wants to, it's when he's trying to go and check out the guy's eyes. When he's getting jealous. Yeah, he's getting jealous. And he's having a conversation with one of the other loners and says, will you excuse me? I left some batteries over there by that tree and I don't want to lose them. (laughs) It just made me think of the movie Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion because she does something uh, similar. Romeo is out uh, in the club and there's a guy she is like trying to hit on. And when she says, what do you do for a living? And she doesn't like the answer. She's just like, would you excuse me? I cut my foot before and my shoes filling up with blood. <laughs> and she limps away. <laughs> That's what it made me think of. I left right. some batteries over there and I need to leave now. <laughs> oh, fuck. So yeah, there's just a lot of really strange, funny dialogue. There's some very weird scenes. The more we're talking about it, the more questions I have. Oh, yeah. This is an elaborate movie that on the surface is absolutely absurd. And when you watch it, it's even more absurd. Yeah. And I I really like it, but I definitely was not sure how it was going to end. So I'm not sure. at all surprised it left you with another question. Sure. I guess I never really described what I thought. Well, what do you think? Um, I believe he does not go through with it in the bathroom. I feel like he comes back out and says... Oh man, now now I'm thinking maybe he doesn't do it, but then he makes it seem like he did. Like he lies to her. He lies to her. Because how would she know? I mean, I feel like you'd figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) He'd just fuck up somehow. No, I don't think that he actually goes through with it. I think he comes back out there, gets her, and he thinks he's going to figure it out. But they get caught. That's my feeling. Okay. Well, I think that's going to about wrap it up for this one. So let's go to some email here. We've got a couple of emails about our decade series that we just finished up. The first one is from Mitch from Saskatoon about white men can't jump. So that was our movie for 1992. Yeah. Hey guys, I have to be honest. I really thought that I had seen white men can't jump. As I sat and listened to your episode, I realized how wrong I was. (laughs) Apparently, I always thought another movie was this one, which I found out was Kevin Bacon's The Air Up There from 1994. Is that a basketball movie? (laughs) It is. I think it's a guy finds a dude from an African tribe and like enlists him in the NBA or something. Okay. I vaguely remember this movie. All right. But it's more of a kid's movie, I think, than White Men Can't Jump. All right. But I do do believe that's the movie. Back to the email. This must have been a copycat from a few years later trying to ride White Man's Wave. 
Have you ever mistaken one movie for another? You know, like Sinbad's genie movie? (laughs) (laughs) In closing, I really love your Decade series. It's fun and keeps me guessing on what is coming next. Mitch! Uh, You know, I don't know, but it is a thing that happens in Hollywood a lot where either that that is the thing that happens where they ride the wave and they make a similar movie soon after. So it happened with like The Hunger Games. After The Hunger Games came out, they're like, oh, quick, we need to adapt all of these young adult novels. And you got Percy Jackson and you got the Divergent series and they're all to varying successes. Most of them bad in those two examples both of them well they rush it they hated it because they cranked them out so fast yeah you need to develop this stuff into movies and some of it just doesn't work as a movie or it does but it takes a really deft touch to do it yes and when you do it in a very hasty fashion to ride the wave it's not always going to work. Yeah. The other thing that sometimes happens, and I don't know how, it just does, is two movies of a similar theme come out <laughs> at the same time. Like, we just got a live-action version of Pinocchio yep. from Disney. Guillermo del Toro is in the process of making a version of Pinocchio. Yep. And that's going to come out probably next year. Uh, It happened a while back with Snow White. You had two movies about Snow White the same year. You had two movies about Steve Jobs within about a year of each other. It's just this weird phenomenon that occurs. We talked about it in our Oscar series uh, last year, Mm -hmm. two years ago, whatever we want to call that now. In (laughs) 2021, you had two movies that talked about... The Chicago the similar stuff. Yeah. things going on in Chicago at the same time. They were from different perspectives, but it was the same character featured twice. Yeah. It just sometimes happens. I don't know why. I don't know how. If it's and people like it's gossiping just, yes. or just coincidence. Sometimes it's just a coincidence and people had the same idea that I want to cover this event. Fine. You're going to come at it from two different perspectives. I get that. But at the same time, Hollywood has an issue with, we need to go out and grab the next hot new thing, like the divergent thing that you were talking about, relating it back to the Hunger Games. They made four movies out of the Hunger Games that were wildly successful. By the way, the fourth movie of that series, fucking awful. We waited years to we watch waited it. It years. was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Anyway, <laughs> but... That whole thing, like the Divergent thing, I was a little interested in going to see that, but then I saw, oh, geez, they're really just ripping this off. They're trying to make, they're trying to like mold the Divergent series into the Hunger Games as a movie series when it probably, number one, should not have been adapted, and number two, they were just forcing it. Or maybe it's the kind of property that works better as a TV show. Maybe. Some properties you need all the extra. It's really, really hard to cram it into a two, two and a half hour movie. You need to build the world better. So it happened again with um, His Dark Materials. They did the movie version of The Golden Compass like 15 or so years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was terrible. Because they're trying to cram everything from a multitude of books into one single movie. Yeah. Now it's a TV series going on its third season, and it's actually been pretty well received, hmm. and it's pretty well done. Yeah, and I was—I think it was something that, that I mentioned to you. We were talking about like movies that bombed or something, um, or like it was movies that are going to give an—they're going to give another shot. Like I talked about the Dark Tower series. That series of books is beloved by so many different people. Not me, I've never read them. But 
the movie that came out bombed because the people who really liked those books went to go and see it and they hated it. The word of mouth from that completely ruined any chance that they had to make the rest of the movies. They're, they're never going to be made. Nope. So what else can you do? The property is still out there. People still love those books. What else can you do? But try to reboot it as a diff- with a different director, different script, and whatever, or turn it into a TV show. So in this case, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I hope that the people who love those things get the the proper adaptation. And, I mean, we're kind of off on off a tangent here, but <laughs> we've, we've talked about the fact that they're probably going to turn the, the original Harry Potter's books into a TV show. Eventually. Eventually. I, ju- I fundamentally believe that based on the success of that series, of the movie series... Yeah that eventually somebody will try to adapt it for television. They're doing it right now for Lord of the Rings. They're trying to do it, uh, expand the universe of Game of Thrones. Yeah. I just feel like in our lifetime, it might be many, many, many years yeah. that somebody's going to try to take a crack at bringing back Harry Potter in that capacity. The only thing I would say to that is TV shows are harder to make than movies. They are. And you're casting children and children grow. And if you're going to make a TV show over the course of however many months that it takes to make a TV show, those kids grow up a lot faster than what you would like them to. That's my only hesitation as to whether or not that's going to ever happen. I think in the world of doing it as a TV show, it's more likely they recast them. Think so? As they age, yeah. I think you get the same kids for maybe the first couple That's of years. Tough, though. It is, but it's also the thing of it's set year to year to year. So I think realistically, yes, they're going to grow faster than maybe you want them to. Yeah. But it works because as long as you stay on the schedule of year to year to year, mm-hmm. they're going to grow as the characters grow. That's, that's the it, thing about that property is yeah. they are intentionally growing. You're right. That's what time is. You're right. And I think maybe it's it's different for the movies because they come out like whatever every two years they were coming out. I don't remember. Uh, something like that. Yeah, they yeah. weren't every year. Yeah, and they never really recast a lot of people in that movie. I don't in, in know if they movies. recast anybody except for Dumbledore, and that hmm. was only because the actor passed away. Sure. Hmm. I don't remember. In any case, anyway, uh, we've gone on a very long tangent. We still have another email. One more email. <laughs> uh, this one is from Superfan Stephanie about our 2002 movie, Gangs of New York. She says, I do like this one. I think the Daniel Day-Lewis-Leonardo combo is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is because we watched An American Tale a week or two ago, but I saw some parallels in regards to immigration. It is weird to me that Henry Thomas, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Cameron Diaz are all roughly the same age. For some reason, they don't belong together in my head. It's true, because it depends on when you're famous Mm -hmm. first and what you know them from. And Cameron Diaz, you think of as perpetually like in her 20s. Right, because, well, she got famous in the mid-90s. Because the first thing that people really knew her from was The Mask. And she was a grown woman. She was a grown woman in her 20s. Then you go backwards and Leonardo DiCaprio was like 10 years old or whatever. He was like a preteen teen. teen. Yeah. Think about Gilbert Grape, how old he was in that movie. Mm -hmm. That's when he first started becoming a thing. Then you talk about the other guy. He was a a little kid in E.T. 
And then you didn't see him like at all in between. Right. So he went you from didn't child see to, him an, grow up. to a man. Yeah. Yep. You didn't see him grow up. You did see Leonardo grow up though. But yeah, they're all about the same age. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she continues. My husband Matt and I went to see Barbarian last night. So great, but I know you guys are not super horror fans, so maybe just throw it on your list. I haven't heard anything about Barbarian. I would have to look into it. I've heard of the movie. I don't know what it's about, though. Hmm. Trent's dislike for John Cusack is similar to my dislike for Richard Gere. <laughs> I just think he is smug and smarmy, and I hate his dumb face. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit that he is in some good movies, but I still don't like him. I do like John Cusack and fully support a Cusackathon or a Joan vs. John series. Welcome to Superfandom, Nicole. Yeah. Love Superfan Stephanie. Hell yeah. Yeah, I get it. Like, we've t we'll talk about this many times, I'm sure. There are just going to be some actors that rub you the wrong way, and you can't explain it. It nope. just is what it is. Yep. And sometimes you can sit through watching their movies, and sometimes you cannot. I would say one that I probably actively dislike, and I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, is January Jones. <laughs> okay. I think she just sucks. Because she's kind of a bitch. She has think, one note. <laughs> I don't think that is a, like, controversial opinion. Because if you look at anything that she's in, she's just kind of an empty void. She's that has a vessel. Blonde, she has blonde hair. Yeah. And, yeah. and good, she's not And good cleavage, much. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just think she's not a good actress. Yeah. I think she's just... She really lucked out with Betty Draper because Betty sure. Draper's kind of a stone cold bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say there was one scene in Mad Men, I think it's from the first season, where I'm not going to explain the, the concept of Mad Men, but there she's having a dispute with a neighbor who I think they're like the the Draper's dog is like going into the neighbor's yard or escaping into the neighbor's yard, and the neighbor comes out to complain. And at the end of the episode, it's a similar thing where the dog is over there and... Or no, the dog is going after one of the guy's birds. He has pigeons. He keeps pigeons. pigeons. Yeah, yeah. And she starts shooting his birds with a BB gun. Yeah. She's like outside smoking a cigarette, shooting in a, a... In a nightgown. Shooting a shotgun into the sky. It's like, fuck you, neighbor. I'm going to do what I want. Fuck your birds. Yeah. It's like the, the single greatest Betty Draper moment. Yeah. But that's otherwise, the one thing. she's a terrible, uh, irredeemable character. <laughs> also, she's from the town we live in. So. She is. And I've just heard some stories because when it's somebody from the town you live in... Yeah. They're there's gonna, there's people tell you. who know her. Yeah. I have people who went to high school with her yeah. and they say she was awful then and she's awful now. Yep. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. It's not quite the same as your distaste for John Cusack, but she no. is somebody that I'm like, I don't like her. I just don't. <laughs> I just think she's a bad actress. <laughs> oh, in any case, thank you to Mitch and Stephanie for sending us those emails. Indeed. We love receiving those. There's a lot of other ways you can contact us as well. So if you would like to email us, you can do so at neverseenitpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, neverseenit underscore pod. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, neverseenitpod1. That's the number one. You can send us a message on any of those platforms. We don't need them to be emailed. We're yeah. good with whatever. You can also support the show by clicking the link in the podcast description. Or just share any of the content with your friends uh, to let them know more about what we're doing here at Never Seen It. Yeah. 
So that's going to be it for this episode. We are down two movies in our weird, weird movie series. <laughs> We've got two more. And we already watched UHF. It's not going to be a Weird Al. It's not Weird Al. No, Weird (laughs) Al is not going to come back. It's not that kind of a weird movie series. But Uh, you know what? I do want to watch that Weird Al like mockumentary thing. Oh, that's definitely going to happen. Look up the trailer for that. It is going to be fantastic. I I wish we had considered that and saved this series for October, (laughs) for November when that comes out, because that would have been really worth our time (laughs) and fit in well. Uh, But with that, this has been Never Seen It. I have been Betsy. And I'm Trent. And we will catch you next time. See ya.